You're listening to a podcast of Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, where our mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. Hey, good morning. We're going to continue our study in James. So if uh, you have your Bible with you, open up to James chapter 1. Uh, It's toward the end of your Bible, uh, right after the book of Hebrews. Uh, We kicked it off last week uh, with a new series called Bonafide, uh, Real Faith. And you kind of saw that in the video here of of life just happening as you're you're a believer and you're following God. And we have his word that they were reading. Uh, And and these scriptures are supposed to give us meaning and purpose. They're the the thing that gives us uh, a steadfast endurance is what we talked about last week. But a lot of times life just just happens. And that was all the pages coming at them of of, uh, just the difficulties and the trials that we endure. And to see them stand up and to to press on is our goal for you. It's our goal for ourselves that, uh, that we would not give in, that we would continue to press on. And that's what James just... He just hits it hard coming right out of the door, like Roy said, because the people that he was talking to were facing all kinds of trials, political attack, physical attack against their lives. They were being ostracized, kicked out of their homes. They couldn't get jobs. All of these things just for following Christ. And the reality is... When you follow Christ, that say, those same things, that can happen. Now, in America, it may look a little differently. Um, there's not a whole lot of outright, obvious uh, persecution. But when you begin to examine your life and, and you see that you're fo- when you're following Christ, these trials will happen. So we want to build up your strength through this series uh, so that you can endure. Um, one of the cool resources we're giving you guys throughout the book of James is this handout. So you guys should have gotten one when you walked in the door. If not, uh, we'd love to get one to you. It has uh, the, the passage of Scripture, the sermon notes. And then flip it over on the back. And there's three questions that we're wanting you to ask yourself when you leave this place. Uh, and it's what is true, what to do, and who do I include? And so you've got those three questions that I want you to take this passage and tomorrow, today, whenever, uh, before it leaves your mind, and really sit down and say, what is God very practically telling me in this passage of Scripture. And then I'm also asking you guys to go to a home community. Uh, those meet during the week. Most of them are on Wednesday night. Uh, one of them's on Tuesday night. Uh, in the homes of, uh, of our church, uh, of the people of Red Sea. And then they have another set of questions that they're just walking through. In our home community, we teamed up with the, the Montevilla home community this past week. And we did it together. Uh, and we just started off, the first question we asked was... What are you struggling with today? What's the stress in your life? And we just went around the circle, and that was the most brutally honest conversation that we've had as a home community in a long time. Because, like, you get together, and especially sometimes it's church. You kind of have, have this persona of, you're okay, I'm okay. You know, let's just hang out, and then we'll go about our businesses. And so we went around, and we're like, hey, what's, what's going on in your life? What's the stress? And it was like, I'm just, I'm not... I'm not happy with where my life is. I'm not happy in the direction that it's going. This wasn't where I thought I would be 10 years ago. I'm not happy with, with my family and, and, and the stress that I feel from my family. And, 
what's being placed on me, and then there's just the stress of, of, of being parents and working jobs and going to school and, and doing all these things and, and uh, the, the things that we feel God's asking us to do, but the difficulty and stepping out in faith in that. All of those things, those are just trials that, that, that we're going through. And so what we need to do is, is when we begin to go through those trials, we started off last week saying, look, remember that everything should, should start with joy, that no matter what situation you're in, count it all joy. And that's really what Billy hit on. And he set up basically um, kind of an idea of how we should endure trials. And I want to put it up here on the, sc- up on the screen. Uh, and it starts off that there's a trial, obviously, that happens in life. There's testing. That testing produces perseverance, and that perseverance matru- produces maturity. That's the goal of what we want for you guys in, uh, in your life. So write that down, and as you're going through a trial right now, constantly go back to that and say, you know, am I looking at this trial as a testing? Do I believe that this is something that God's planned for me? Am I persevering? Do I have steadfast endurance? And is this producing maturity or is this producing sin in my life? Because that's what we're going to look at this week. So if last week was the proper response to trial, this week James is going to say, now here's our other sinful tendency to react. And we're going to jump into that. So I would ask you guys to stand uh, in honor of just reading James and focusing on the Word. It's in your bulletin. You can read from there or uh, you can read from from your Bible. James 1, verses 12 through 18. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured And enticed by his own sin, by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits. Of his, creator, of his creatures. You guys can have a seat. So James starts out just saying, hey, blessed is the man who perseveres under trials because when you've stood that test, you will receive the crown. Now, this would be uh, then James is kind of talking about some of the analogies that, that Paul used, like running with the race of endurance, like the crown that you would get in running. Uh, there's also kind of a parallel here of imagining yourself as a part of God's kingdom, of him sitting high on his throne. You being a prince, a princess in that kingdom, you get to also wear the crown that's associated with that. So he says, hey, bless is the one who endures well, who endures through this trial, because you will receive the crown of life. And so this is, this is meant to, to not just the, the simple trials that we go through, but also the, the really tough things. Like when a, a Christian spouse is unfaithful and abandons the marriage, is Christ still worth obeying? Uh, how about when your financial security is threatened or wrecked, is Christ still worth trusting? Uh, when a Christian's physical health is crippled, is Christ worth adoring? When a Christian family member is killed, is Christ still worth serving? When a Christian's actions are misunderstood or slandered, is Christ still worth devoting? When you lose everything, is Christ still worth honoring? Is the crown of life still worth the perseverance and faith? Man, that's tough. You know, like, 
Like I, I think, well, yeah, you know, God, I'm going to persevere, but, but what happens when I lose one of my kids? You know, what if, what if someone gets diagnosed with an illness? What if I lose someone that I love? Then is Christ still worth following? That's the test. That's how you'll know if God has really come in and changed you. So this is going to hit really close to home for a lot of us because we've all endured trials. We've all suffered loss. Uh, I asked a, a family in our church, if you guys can cue this up, to, um, to give us a quick update of something that's going on in our life. This family has actually uh, moved, and they'll tell you a little bit about that. It's an audio, so uh, for you visual learners, focus. Uh, and uh, and we're going we're gonna to listen to the Knowles as they talk about what, uh, what God's doing in their life. Um, miss the Knowles. Uh, I wanted you guys to hear that from them because that's a trial that they're going through right now. Um, you know, Melina's diagnosed with leukemia. And when I called Aaron, I had no idea what his response would be. Um, we, I knew they had asked us to pray for him and the church had sent them uh, you guys had sent them some gifts, um, but he could have called and just said, I don't know what God's doing. I don't know why. Why me? You know, I mean, they, they moved to be obedient to God's call. They're missionaries to go to a place to do a, a good work in, in what they feel called to do. Like, come on, God. Like, help them out a little bit. You know, I mean, leukemia, I mean, really after everything. And that's our typical response if we say, God, why is this going on? But you hear in them the joy that they have during this trial and the encouragement. I was like, oh, it's awesome. After I heard from them, I was like, man, you got to share this with the church because I really want you guys to to be encouraged because you may be going through a similar trial. And to see someone have joy during a trial and them to see that this is part of God's plan for uh, for Melina's life and they're going to persevere through that uh, was, was huge for me. I just want to say that they're going to have some really big medical bills coming up. Uh, so constantly remember them in that. Um, they haven't received their first bill yet, but it's, uh, it's not cheap. Um, and so uh, we want to, you know, help them out and continue to lift them up and, and believe that God's going to pray for them. So if that is our proper response, the trial, testing, perseverance, maturity, that's what they see happening in their life. Let's look at kind of what the other response would be. And that's what James starts here in verse 13. He says, when tempted... No one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does anyone tempt God. Now this is something that you see a lot in our culture of people abandoning the faith because they believe that God is a bully with a magnifying glass. Or or God could have stopped these things from happening and he chose not to. Or God's picking on me. And I've had multiple conversations with people that don't want to have anything to do with God because when trials started, when they lost people that they loved, they're just, they can't believe why would God do that to me? Why would God allow that to happen to me? So I think, it's, I think we need to make it very clear. The trials that happen in our life, that is part of God's plan for our lives. He does allow those things to happen to us. Now, does God allow sin to happen to us? You know, what does that verse say? God, is, is God tempting me? For God cannot be tempted by evil, 
nor does he tempt anyone. God does not tempt. What God allows is the trial to happen in your life. The temptation is completely on you. It's your response that you have during this trial, whether or not you say, God, I believe that this is something coming from you that I can embrace, that I can learn from, that I can grow in maturity, or you can begin to sin and focus on yourself. But we know that God and his character is holy. We know that he, his moral purity is absolute, unassailable, undefiled. He's high and exalted, the Holy One of Israel, whose holiness is so pure that it is described in terms of its wondrous beauty, splendor, and utter awesomeness. If you guys want to write down, read Psalms 27 4. Psalm 29 2 and Psalm 99 3. And what I want you guys to do is this week when you're doing the handout, actually read those verses. And one of the questions that you're going to get asked in your home community is, what does this passage tell us about God's nature and who he is? Those three verses are going to really help in being able to, being able to answer, that, answer that question. We also see a really cool picture that I wanted to read to you guys in Isaiah 6, verse, uh, verse uh, 1 through 5. Uh, if you, wanna, you can just listen if you want to. You don't have to flip over there, but write down Isaiah 6, verse, verse 1 through 5. Um, and just, if you get distracted, just close your eyes and imagine what this would be like to be Isaiah right now and to be with God. It says in Isaiah 6.1, And the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting up on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, whose the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, this is Isaiah, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts. And Isaiah's response to this beautiful pro, uh, display of God's glory was to say, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I am a sinful person. How can I be in the presence of, of God? So Isaiah realized his brokenness and God's holiness. So our first response, a lot of times in a trial, our, a, a, a sinful response would be to say, God, you're doing something to me. You're attacking me. This is all your fault. And that would be a sinful response. And let's look at the other response that we have here in verse 14. It says, But each one is tempted when by his own desire he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. So he gives us like a, 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 fem, a masculine example and a feminine example. So he says, hey, imagine you're a fisherman uh, and you set, a, you set a line out and you're actually working to lure the fish toward that. You have a particular bait that smells a certain way for that particular fish. You've gone, you know where it is, and it's a trap that you're waiting. That's how, how he imagines sin. Uh, when, we, when we go back home after church, we drive down Marine Drive, and every Sunday, it's the funniest thing. Me and Royce like to joke about it. Well, when you pass by the big boat launch there on Marine Drive, uh, there's probably a hundred trucks and trailers that they've, they've launched their boat. And they've gotten in the water, and they've driven their boat literally like 100 feet off of, the, off of the dock. And they're in a long line covering about half of the Columbia River. And they get within a few feet of each other. They drop anchor, and they just drop line straight down. So it's like a wall of hooks 
that the fish actually have to swim through, which doesn't seem fair when it comes to fishing, but it's how they do it. I'm sure there's a method to it. I'm sure that particular place may channel the fish through, but it's, it's a trap, and that's how we're supposed to imagine that my, the way that I respond to the trial, my sin is like a trap that I am, that I am being set for, and I'm going to get caught up in that. I'm going to get lured in, and then I'm going to face this, this awful awful consequence of that. And this is what he goes to in the feminine analogy. Uh, he imagines someone giving birth. Uh, Carly um, Curtis and our group just gave birth to Jesse on Friday. Is it Friday? Uh, Thursday or Friday, she gave birth to a beautiful little baby boy. And it's been so cool to walk with Carly through this process of getting pregnant and announcing it to our home community. Uh, and then like the gender reveal Memorial Day party, which was really weird. Um, but we had, a, we had a gender reveal Memorial Day party um, for the baby, and, uh, and then to see her, her belly begin to grow, and for her to nurture that baby, and then to begin to complain about being pregnant, and, and finally it culminated in her giving birth this past week to this beautiful baby boy, and they're so excited. That's how we're supposed to, that, that's, that's a way of actually looking at our sin, and Jane says, imagining your response to the current trial is like, is like a, a something inside of you that, that you're nurturing and you're, this, 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 this sinful response is something that you're building and you're taking care of and you're, you're carrying along with you, you know? Like as you're just carrying something that's happened to you in the past and you just keep carrying it and carrying it and carrying it. And then finally it gives birth and you look down and it's actually death. Like that's the thing that you've been carrying this entire time. Man, that... That's an interesting way to begin to look at my response. So we can say, hey, instead of, instead of doing that, let's look to God's holiness. Let's look to, let's look to who He is instead of focusing on, on myself and the current circumstance, uh, the current circumstance that, that I'm in. Um, so here's, a, here's our, our response. Trial, temptation, sin, and death. And those are the two that James is par- paralleling. So what I'm asking you guys to do is think about the trial that you're in right now, whether it is um, the loss of something, the loss of a job, the loss of, a, of, a, of someone that you love, that you cared about, a rejection from a relationship, a job. Um, maybe it's a trial of, of your flesh, of wanting something, of of sinning, of lust. And this is what you're doing, is, is you know that, that the temptation comes along. I was sitting in my office this week, and, and, uh, and I always like, God, I want to I have a pure mind. I'm in front of a computer all the time. And so it's always a constant trial of purity. Uh, there's not a whole lot of accountability there, except for my wife. And, and, uh, and I'm like, God, I want to be pure before you. I want to look at who you are and your holiness. Um, and so I'm like, I'm not going to sin, Father. I'm not going to look at something that I shouldn't. And uh, somebody came in and dropped off a stack of mail um, that was a previous tenant. So I, I just have them, when they move in, just drop off the old mail, and I'll forward it. And that was the Victoria's Secret catalog. You know, so this is the levels of my de- depravity here. Uh, and I saw it there, and, and I'm like, okay, I said no to this, and this is right in front of me. And I'm like, no. And I threw it in the trash can. I was like, God, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm not going to fill my mind with filth. And I'm just being honest, guys. That's how sick I am. And I'm like, God, I don't want that. I threw that away. And then I go to check my email, and, and there's all of these ads on there. It's stuff, and I'm just like, man, this constant bombardment. And, uh, and I, I want to tell you guys, it was victorious week. You know, praise God. He persevered through that time. But it wasn't because I was like, oh, I'm strong. I can do this. It was because, God, I know where that leads. I've done that. 
Like, I've, I've lived in my filth, and I've seen, I've given birth to this disgusting thing that I don't want in my life. Instead, I'm going to choose your holiness during this trial, and that's going to give me identity. And that's what it means to persevere and to receive the crown of life that James is talking about. He's like, it's the ones that push on. It's not that God's like, oh, here's a trial. If you do bad, whoop, there goes your crown. You don't get it anymore. No, you get the crown because you realized who God was. And when that trial came, you said, God, you know what? I trust you with this. I trust that this is part of my my life. I'm not going to give in to it. I'm not going to push on because I'm your child. I'm your king, and and I I just don't want that. But we're stubborn, you know? Like we constantly go back to our sin over and over again, even though we we know it doesn't lead anywhere. And maybe that's why God allows trials to happen. Maybe he knows we're stubborn. And he knows that we're going to continually go back to our sin, and he hoped that we would learn from that. Uh, this week at work, I, um, uh, my wife, anyway, so I started getting all these uh, maintenance requests about bees' nests at work. Like, people are saying, ah, oh, there's bees all over, like, wasp all over my apartment. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. And, and so I was telling Jamie about it, and she was like, my wife does, uh, she writes all kinds of, of I don't know, doc, it's a lot of website design stuff. So she's been doing, like, Terminex website. Uh, and so she's, she's like, she's like, the wasps are so active because it's mating season. And so like, that's why they're coming in and out. Well, <laughs> I'm like, thanks, honey. And so, uh, and so I was like, oh, that makes sense. Well, the bad part about it, these wasps nests have been there all summer. They just haven't been very active. And so they've actually been nesting inside the walls, like behind the vinyl siding. And anyway, so we go over to this one apartment and, uh, and I don't know why I can't just sit in my office. Like, like, I'm just stubborn that I have to get involved in stuff. And so it's like, oh, wasp request. I'm like, I'll do that. You know, <laughs> woo, wasp nest. And so me and another guy walk over there with our wasp spray. And he's got like the foam spray to hit the nest. And I've got the liquid spray to like kill him in the air, you know. And we're out there, uh, we're out there just battling these wasps. And it was so stupid because they're inside the walls and we can't get to them, you know. And so one of us would have to run up and beat on the wall to get them to come out. And then you run back and the other one's like spraying. And this is why we call professionals. Um, to do this kind of stuff. And so, and so we're, we're spraying, and one lands on my neck, and he stings me. And I'm like, ah! And so I hit it, and I'm like, that's it, I'm done. You know, I got stung, the game's over. I'm going to go back to, my, uh, back to my office. And so I go back, and I'm sitting down, and I'm just like, man, that hurts. You know, like, I, sh- I should have known better. Like, why didn't, why didn't I just sit here and let him, let him deal with it? And I began to feel this sensation crawling up the back of my shirt. And I'm like, he's in my shirt. And so I tear off to the cl- to our bathroom, and I'm stripping off clothing, and he begins to sting, you know, because he's mad that he's back there. And I'm reaching back, so he gets me in the back a couple of times, and he gets me on the hand. Needless to say, he died a long, painful, slow death in my hand as I plucked him apart. Um, but, sorry, like, I was, I was very angry at the time. Um, and so... And so, like, I, I'm sitting there all day long, you know, just mad at myself. You know, I'm like, why did you do this? Like, you're in pain. You should have known better just to sit here. And so I go home, and I'm telling Jamie all about the story. And, and so I go, back to, I go back to work the next day, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I wonder if we killed them all. Why? You know, like, why? I'm like, I got to find out. And so... And so I walk back over there with my can of wasp spray. I'm still nursing my wounds, and I don't see any of them, you know. And so I walk over there, and I beat on the wall, you know. 
And of course, they come flying out of the hole. They're still there. And so I'm running back, and I'm spraying them and doing all this stuff like that. And, and, uh, and, and I think I get them all, and uh, I turn to leave, and one flies down, and he gets me in my eyelid, underneath my eye. And, and it's, it was so embarrassing because the, the lady that lived in the apartment was standing there. She's watching it from her patio door. You know, she's behind the door just thinking, this is great. And so it gets me, and I'm like, I'm okay. I'm like, have a good day, you know? Like, I didn't want to, like, let her know right then that her stupid manager just got stung in the face. And so I, I walk back, and I'm like, oh, my God, that hurts. Like, it's in the most sensitive area. And then my eye swells up, and so I have to go all day where I look like I just got in a fight, you know? And I just feel like an idiot. And I'm just thinking, why? Like, why am I so stubborn? And I, I, don't, I don't know why we do that. Like, do you guys see yourself doing that? Just going back to stuff over, and you know it's going to hurt. You know, you know what your response is going to be. Why would you continue to allow that to happen to yourself? Why would I? And so the next day, we had another wasp nest come in, and I was like, nope. Like, somebody else, take it. It's not mine. You guys can get, deal with it. And they didn't get stung, so I think I'm just doing something wrong. Um, but that's, that's just our response, so we need to be very, very uh, aware of that. So instead of sinning, Let's look to God's holiness because what does God offer? What is he willing to give? Uh, this is what uh, James says in, in verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadow, shadows. Do you truly believe that everything that happens in your life is a good gift from God? This is the incredible uh, blessing that we get to be a part of in being a part of God's kingdom. You know, this is what I don't understand, how people who don't know God, how do they make it? You know, how do they make it when there's death? How do they make it when there's rejection and, and, and loss if you don't have something that gives you meaning outside of that? And that's what James is saying. Hey, you have to believe instead of, instead of looking at your current circumstances, which is what we do so much, we just say, man, I've got this thing in front of me. And, and the biggest thing we want is just for that trial to end. This is what Royce talks about. Um, Monica was talking about that on Wednesday night, is when we're in a trial, we, we don't think about, oh God, this is an incredible opportunity for me to have joy and grow in you. Instead, we say, when is this going to end? When is this going to end? When is this going to end? Instead, our response should be, God, this is something you've given to me. This is a good gift from you. Because God does give good, good gifts. He's an incredible, credible giver. Um, this past week, we had our, uh, our mother and father-in-law here, uh, and they were coming in town to visit, and so we were determined to actually have a, a bedroom, a second bedroom in our house. We've had a room that's kind of been like an oddball craft room, uh, and so we're like, no, we're going to put a, a bed in there, and so we, it, it would only fit like a day bed and a trundle is the only thing we had room for, because it's a real small room, and so my wife's been working real hard. She found a day bed on Craigslist, and then the, uh, the Sheltons gave us a mattress for it, and so then I was like, okay, we just need a trundle and another mattress, and we're good. And, and then the days kept going, ticking by and ticking by and ticking by. We didn't have it. And I'm like, man, uh, I'm like, what are we going to do? I really don't want to sleep on a sleeping bag all week long. And me and my wife in a twin bed is going to be really weird. Uh, and so I'm at work the other day, and, and I'm kind of stressing about this. It's really coming down to, to, to crunch time. And, and I'm walking back to my office, and, uh, and this, I don't know, it's like this thought inside of my head said, you should ask Drew. Ask Drew if he has a bed. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Why would Drew have a bed? He's one of my maintenance guys. And so, and so I turn the corner, I walk into the office, and I look at Drew, and I was like, do you have a trundle and a mattress? He's like, yeah. He, I was like, are you using it? He's like, no. I've actually been wanting to get rid of it because I just got married. And, and so I'm just standing there in that moment thinking, 
is it that easy? You know, like, really, God? Even the most insignificant things, is it, is it just asking? And so I went home, I'm like, honey, look, <laughs> like exactly what we needed, God provided for. And, and when you start to look at your life, you begin to see God's good gifts. So even outside of those things, we know that the ultimate gift that God has given to us is what we get to celebrate with this bread. Is, is when we get to come up here and we break this bread and we dip it in the wine, we get to remember the good gift of forgiveness of our sin. And that's what we're going to sing about when the band comes up here. We're going to begin to start worshiping God and realizing the good gift of not having to live in this. You know, that's not, that's my past. I don't have to do that anymore. I have a completely new identity. That's what I worship. When we sing those songs, it's not just words on a screen. It's to a God who's an incredible giver. And not only has he given us these, these good gifts, he now calls us to live at, like he has. So we're now called into holiness. And we're now called to be gift givers to other people, to one another. So I, I kind of want you guys to do two things here. When you come to the communion table in just a little bit during our time of worship, first, I ask you guys to examine your heart. That's something that the scriptures encourage us to do. That Before we go, if I have bitterness towards someone, if there's someone that sinned against me, I need to deal with that. And, and in reality, you probably need to start with dealing with that between you and God instead of right off with you and that person because obviously there's probably some bitterness between you and God because he's allowed this to happen to you. He's allowed maybe this trial to happen in your life. So I want you guys to do, do some business with God of saying, God, here's... Here's what I've got. You know how I've been responding to that. Father, I don't want that. And so maybe you need to do, spend some time with God, talk to him, maybe talk to somebody else in this room. You know, our, our, ten, our, 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 our typical response during a trial is to bail. You know, I've got to get out of it. I've got to get out of it. And so we bail on the church. We bail on relationships. We bail on our, our, our morals. When a trial comes and we compromise our, our standards, uh, we bail on our responsibility. And so examine your heart, see if that, is, if that is your response, and then turn to God and cling to that unchanging, never-ending holiness and love that he offers for us. So that's what we're going to get to do. So that I'm going to ask our, our worship guys to come back up here and, and to lead us in a time of giving everything to God and saying, God, here's my mess. Here's my crap, my sinful response that I have. Here's how I've been acting and I, I need you to take that away from me. I need you to make me different and make me whole. And then I'm just going to look to you, Father. I'm going to look to your holiness and, and claim who you are sitting on your throne and being a part of that kingdom. So I'd ask you guys to pray with me. Uh, and then let's just spend some time worshiping. Father, I, I, uh, I used to admit that, that uh, when a trial comes, I, I don't look to you many times. Uh, I just want it to end. And, and so right now, in the, in the trials that's going on in my life personally, Father, you know my lack of faith that I have, of your provision. Um, you, I know that you're asking me and, and uh, my family to step out in obedience to you. And, and I, I'm, just, I'm just not willing to take those steps because I'm afraid to get hurt or I'm afraid what will happen. And, and it just comes down to I don't trust you. Uh, I don't trust that you're a good God and that you give good gifts. And so, Father, I just come before you asking uh, for faith in that. Uh, for all of us, Father, the, the trials of, of loss, of, of pain, of, of sinfulness that, that we, are, we are dealing with in our life, uh, change our mind, Father. Change the way that we think. Uh, change the way that we look at who you are. And, 
And even now, as we lift up our praises to you, Father, uh, we will imagine uh, your incredible holiness. And, and we believe that there's no part of you that's sinful. There's no part of you that's evil. Uh, you are good, right, and perfect. But it's my response, God, that, that that's when the problem comes in. So uh, ask for forgiveness, Father. We ask for forgiveness for our response during this time of trial. Uh, and we look to the cross, and we look to hope, and we look to joy of being a part of your kingdom and being one of your followers. So hear our praises, God. As we lift them up to you, uh, we trust you. Ask us in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please go to our website at www.redseachurch.org. If you would like to contact Red Sea, you can email us at info at redseachurch.org.